0: Welcome to our Most Listened To episode of 2021. That is Amy Lang and Keeping Boys Safe Online. You're in for a treat in this episode as we surprise Amy with the news that she was our top Most Listened To episode. Stay tuned.
1: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. This is On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. COVID levels are spiking in some areas, and if that is the case where you are, you might want to consider upgrading your face mask. LCP Medical, one of our sponsors, makes a frontline protective face mask. It's a cloth face mask, but it comes with five replaceable N95 filters that go in the fabric face mask you don't need a separate thing it doesn't look huge and bulky and there's three different options for these filters there's the standard n95 filter or you can choose their anti-pathogen filter which destroys viruses and they have sport filters available high filtration high flow for you to use during sports or exercising it's a good idea to keep a higher level of protection mask around for you or your kids, so that when virus levels are spiking in your area, you have this option. You can provide a little bit of extra protection uh, without a lot of extra effort.
0: You can see all of the masks at lcpmedical.com. Use Envoys as your coupon code for 10% off your entire order. That's lcpmedical.com. We talk a lot on this show about boys and masculinity and the messages they are receiving. And you may have heard our interview with Jake and Jonathan of Next Gen Men. They are boots on the ground doing the work in schools and companies and also with you, dear listeners. They have created an amazing course. I've taken it. I learned new things from it you can take this online course that will help you understand all of the messages our boys are receiving, gendered expectations, all the things we're talking about, in a way that will help inform you and help you inform your boy and support your boy, and maybe educate some people in his world, like his teachers. So I highly recommend Next Gen Men's course. It takes a few hours to go through, but you will be amazed at how much more you know and understand these issues that your boys are faced with. Go to nextgenmen.ca/shop and use the coupon code on boys. You'll get $50 off of this very reasonably priced course. That is nextgenmen dot ca slash shop and if you can't get the link right now know that it is always in our show notes at onboyspodcast.com. I highly highly recommend this course. We need to educate ourselves as advocates for our boys and now enjoy this most listened to episode of 2021. Amy Lang continues to inspire, encourage, and really give us the push to keep our boys safe online. Here you go. Amy, it's super great to have you here. I know you're wondering, what the heck am I doing here on this podcast again? That's the spur of the moment thing. So what's happening? A spur of the moment thing, but we wanted to have you on because we're doing our year in review and our wrap up and And we wanted to share with you some great news. Okay. (laughs) What
1: is it? Your episode, Amy Lang on how to keep boys safe online was our most popular episode of 2021.
2: Oh my God. Thank you. Wow. I am super touched and go mamas for listening. Like, seriously, thank you. But also, yay, protecting your boys. Right? I mean, it
1: really speaks to the fact that there's so many of us that are super concerned. We know there's all this stuff out there. We know porn is everywhere. We know that's not great for our guys. We don't know what to do about that. You do.
0: Oh, thank you. Wow. Yeah. I wish we had like, you know, a, a, an Oscar or an Emmy or a, a Grammy to give to you <laughs> a
2: plaque i can dis- display in my office with pride uh, wow well thank you i am super happy to have helped you all and and so many parents it's such a rough time you know i just constantly wish it was 19 what 94 so we have the internet nice. but nothing else right we can go on the web <laughs> the world wide web mm-hmm we
1: originally recorded that episode in January of 2021. So it's been a while now. And what I'm wondering is, you know, it's been a whole, almost a whole year since. Have you learned any other like tips or tricks or some wisdom or reassurance that you can share with our listeners in terms of keeping our, our boys safe online?
2: So I would guess, you know, unfortunately the news isn't good and um which sex i mean kids are online constantly um and you know the exposure is happening over and over again and i think um just a couple things it's not just the porn right you can google awful 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 things and you know kids are curious and you know um and they, that's where we go for all our information. So, I mean, I think just like looking at the online safety from maybe a little bit of a broader perspective, cause you know, I'm all about the sex stuff, but, um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is, um, you know, I just get super frustrated at the, um, the, the denial around, like, I don't need monitoring, filtering, you know, my kids, my kids not going to search for anything bad i already know what they're doing i'm watching really closely and you know a sure but b like i i um there's so much relief that happens when you know your child is actually as protected as they can be under your direct like you know, in your home with their devices. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been, I feel like, you know, my colleagues were just banging our heads against the wall and I can't even figure out like, it's one of my biggest places of frustration because our job is to protect our kids straight up. Right. And, you know, we'd never let them in the car without a seatbelt or a car seat or whatever, or a booster that just would not happen. Um, and then here we are, you know, it's like giving your kids the car keys and saying, good luck out there. Now you need to stop at stop signs, and um, if there's a cop, then you need to pull over, but you know, good luck on the curvy roads and, you know, turn your tires in when you park and, and, you know, I just trust you to be able to handle this because you're smart. Yeah, no, Mm
0: -mm.
2: no. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I always like I want to be positive and I can't, I can't, I can't like, it is not on me, right? I cannot my child is almost 21. I'm out. We're done. Right. Yeah. Theoretically. Um, so like, I cannot, I can say these things. I can give folks advice. I can talk to y'all. We hit, hit how many thousands of mamas and I got nothing. Right. I'm telling you to do this thing. You know um, I'll just, I like to give homework, just sit your butt down at your computer and Google big penis mm-hmm. and then pretend you're 10. Yeah. Oh, I'm scared to Google that. Dare I'm scared to, to- I dare you a double dog dare you like and you of course of course, if I'm
1: a 10 year old boy I'm hell Amy if I was you know if the internet had existed when I was a kid yes I would have googled it absolutely yes. and
0: Ooh. for parents who think their boys are not doing that or the and their girls are not not googling those terms come on yeah. remember being a kid yeah yeah. So,
2: I mean, and I want to say something hopeful. I mean, I think that one thing that is hopeful is that y'all have, thank thank you, helped me and my info reach so many more parents, which yay, like that's the glory of podcasting, right? Like I never could have been in someone's head without you too, without those many, that many people. So, um, so that's the good news. Like, I think one of the things that I'm really interested in right now is, um, this idea of parent led sex ed, which means that you can be an example in your, in your, with your, just your friends or your siblings about how do we do this? Like, mm-hmm. why are you talking to your kids early and often? Why are you using monitoring? Like what is happening? So you can be that little, that just that little like bridge. And yeah. I'm not talking like get up in front of the PTA. Like that's my, that's my thing. That's your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not talking that I'm talking like, how do you be a leader in a tiny way? Right. It Even- can be as simple as I'm sitting at the sidelines
1: of my kids, name a sport, hockey, lacrosse, basketball, soccer, whatever. And I can share the name of, you know, this monitoring software. That I use, it can be that simple because every, every parent sitting on the sidelines is struggling with the same
2: thing. Right. Right. As they're stuck on their phones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that kind of thing, or just saying, you know, Hey, I just started using this. Right. Hey, I just started using this. It's, you know, how do you use it? And they'll be yes or no. And then you can have this nice conversation if they're like, no. And they're like, they do the whole, I trust my kids. And then like, you can trot out the, you know, big penis homework and just do it right there on the sidelines here let's google big penis and see what happens i mean i'm not saying to do that (laughs) because trouble um but yeah that's exactly it like find this moment and nobody is gonna say what the f are you doing like why are you talking to me about this right they're not gonna if they love and trust you they're not gonna notice yeah kind of like talking to kids about sex (laughs) they're not gonna notice if you're like hey just thinking about i don't know circumcision right (laughs) (laughs) don't notice and people are just generally so self-centered and i think they'll appreciate that help so you know that's kind of that's one thing i feel i think that we all as parent educators can start pushing on with our people that like and trust us and like hey here's your here's your tiny piece of homework you know do this little thing with force for another parent because Mm -hmm. you know we can't do it (laughs) we can't get everything the internet will
1: continue to be a major part of all of our lives in 2022. The need to, you know, keep all of us safer online. That's not going away. So, parents, let's take action in our homes. Let's take action in our communities. Little tiny steps. And, Amy, thank you so much for all of the wisdom and leadership that you provide here. We were thrilled when we ran the stats and we're like, amy's episode came out on top i'm thrilled
2: i'm thrilled um so i just want to throw one little thing out there y'all need to go find bark or circle those are the monitoring Mm -hmm. things that work really well so bark or circle um and thank you i mean oh my goodness this is just a great way to start my day i was like you're having a sex talk emergency this is weird and then (laughs) having a yay
0: thank you a yay yay emergency thanks for popping on in such a uh, unscripted way and we're just so thrilled and we look forward to having you back again in 2022 because we love amy and uh and i do love this new maybe not new impulse of just we've got to we can speak and parents we need you to take up this as well Thanks, thanks amy that was super fun to surprise amy in that way and she had such important information again to share enjoy the most listened to episode of 2021 amy lang talking about how to keep your voice safe online you may feel like oh i've heard this before i don't need to listen to this again and turn it off i encourage you to listen again we know that you will hear something that you didn't hear before it's been almost a year since you've heard this so your boy has changed you have changed the world has changed so here we go here is that most listened to episode of 2021 amy lang face it you're likely spending more time online these days which means your kids are likely spending even more time than that online No guilt here, dear listeners, only it's time to go to the dark side of all that time online, which is about what he likely has already found, or if he hasn't, he will soon. Now, I don't know, you guys, I don't know if I'm the only one who did this as a kid, back before the internet, back when we had those big red Webster dictionaries, but Along around third, fourth, fifth grade, I got really curious about words like kissing and breasts and oh my golly, penis. What did I do? I looked it up. I read the definition. Sometimes there was a drawing to accompany the words, but sometimes there wasn't, which led to more wonderment and more confusion. We had the World Book
1: Encyclopedia set, and I did the same exact thing. Sex, look that one up. And you guys, here's the best part. My mom is a nurse, so she also had books like Developmental Psychology and Abnormal Psychology, which had some very
0: interesting chapters in there. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward to now, and if your boy has access to the internet he has the ability to look up all those words and find graphic, dramatic, and sometimes traumatic examples fitting those particular keywords. Now, curiosity and intention are one thing, but our guest today will tell you that guaranteed he is going to see something that he isn't even trying to see. And the thing is, Will you have created the culture of comfort in your home so that when these sometimes awkward topics come up, will he be able to talk to you about them? Our guest today, Amy Lang, Queen Bee of Birds and Bees and Kids is a longtime friend of ours, and she is our go-to expert on all things sexual health, sexual behaviors, and healthy relationships. If your boy is online, you need to hear her and follow her simple steps. She'll reassure you too when you're starting to freak out. Amy.
2: Thanks for having me on the show. I love the alliteration about what they can find online, but I can help. I'm super happy to be with y'all and, and, help you navigate this really yucky part of parenting and kid life and boy life and all that stuff. I'm freaking out a little bit because
1: I know it, but just even hearing you say it again, Janet, like it is totally normal and natural to type in the word breast and boobs. And within one click, you can be on something really horrible. Yeah. And I know that because, I mean, I look too, right? I I mean, I've looked too. And as an adult, I have wound up in corners of the internet that I didn't intend to go to, honest to God, swear to God, while looking for something. No, this is true. (laughs) While looking for something that was not sexually related, but you know, there's something over here and you click and pretty soon you're somewhere
2: else completely. Amy, how do we deal with that? We can't beat the internet. No, we can't beat the internet. I mean, we can kind of wrangle the internet, but that wrangling is really us as parents wrangling ourselves and helping our kids wrangle our kids and then wrangle whatever is like any um, access to the internet that's under our direct control. Yeah.
0: And I think one of the things, I mean, I've heard you talk a million times by now. And every time I learn something new. But I think one of the things to really reassure our parents before we dive in is that this conversation is easier the earlier you start. And if you haven't started already, Amy's going to help you get started, even if he's 11 or 14. I want to talk about, start with talking about how to talk to them about sex? I think that's a good place to start. Okay,
2: yeah, the sooner you start, the better. And I think that, you know, as parents, you know, we know we need to have this conversation and then we try to avoid it. And what all the research shows is that parents are the most influential people when it comes to their kids' sexual decision-making. And if we don't get in the door early, we, our impact is less. So, you know, starting the conversation, no matter how old your kid is, and ideally you start at five, or sooner. And I know that sounds super young, but the reason is they are really curious and open. They don't know any of the crap we know about sexuality. So we have this opportunity to say, Hey, this is a really wonderful part of life comes with a lot of responsibility, but Hey, it's a terrific part of life and implanting that seed, which is uh, that seed of sex positivity. And, you know. Everybody's family is different, but the thing that's not different, especially for boys, like what we've just been talking about, is that they will, they are more likely to seek out sexual content and they do it accidentally. Almost all porn exposure is accidental, Um, like Googling boobs, right? There we go. Down a path. So- When we get the party started sooner, it establishes a conversation and makes it a normal part of your family conversation. So they expect to have conversations with you. They expect to get the information from you. So it's not that weird when you're able to say, hey, there's this thing on the interwebs. It's called porn. This is what it is. This is what you do about it. And it's really important to establish that you are their go-to person because you want and need to be their go-to person. If something goes sideways, like they, this nasty thing happens to them, or if they just have questions like about their bodies or about like, you know, how things work in the world when they hear terms, you know, we want them to come to us rather than Googling it. Yeah for sure.
0: I want to back up a little bit because I can hear our listeners like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, we're already up to porn already. And I want to back us up a little bit to, you know, your three, four, five-year-old and talk about just how to talk about bodies and parents will be much more comfortable if they're talking about bodies at that age. Because as you said, their kids are open, they they don't have all the baggage that goes along with it. So we're not talking like right out of the gate talking about sex. We're talking about a healthy relationship to your own body.
2: Yeah, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. like that's the first sex talk is ta- telling your child that you're using the correct names for their private body parts and moving, from that into boundaries and consent. And then yeah, by five, I'm talking about like, let's get the usual way babies are made out Mm -hmm. of the way, penis Mm -hmm. and vagina. That's not the only way babies are made, but that's the usual way. And that's where all of our cultural focus is. Mm -hmm. So then once you get that out of the way, it's a big thing. It's three little words, right? Penis enters vagina, ta-da sperm, egg, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, that is the original, those are the initial conversations. And then, you know, I know some of you are thinking, oh my God, five's too young. And then some of you are thinking, oh crap, my kid's 11 and we haven't talked about this at all. So good news, uh, if your kid's up to age seven or eight, you can just say, hey, you're old enough now for us to start talking about this. I highly recommend getting books. There's a ton on my website, birdsandbeesandkids.com and getting a book and using that as your tool to start the conversation.
1: style slash on boys. That's armoire.style, A R M O I R E, dot style slash on boys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing For way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke If your kid's
2: older, then it's important to say, I'm sorry. We should have started talking about this sooner because they'll lean into you. You're old enough now, here we go. You're gonna get a lot of information from all different kinds of sources. And so I'm your go-to, like I got it all going on, even if you don't, but relatively speaking, you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got it all going on. I can help you with this. I'm gonna be talking to you about it. You might feel uncomfortable. I might feel uncomfortable, but it is so important that you have the right information about this. And then you go and you don't just launch into the, okay, when a man and a woman love each other very much, which you should not say, say at all you don't launch in in that initial conversation especially with an older kid because they're going to be like get away from me yeah mortified embarrassed
0: and so you know parents it's about choosing your timing as well and even you know Jen and I talk a lot about how do we talk with our boys in a way that they will actually hear us and actually maybe have some things to say back to us and so listeners reminding you that, you know, timing is everything. And if you're in the car, if you're out on a walk and you might give them a heads up ahead of time, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing after dinner tonight or whatever, just a little, like, don't make it all ominous, but just like, hey, I want to I want to connect with you about something that's important. You know, don't expect eye contact. If it's like, it could even be at bedtime and maybe the lights are down a little bit and kind of some of that, that nonverbal connection pressure has taken off a little bit. And then really don't imagine that you're going to get a deep conversation in return.
1: I think assume that you will not, (laughs) you know, assume that you will talk, use truly way less words than you want to just say a little bit and it's better to leave it he'll think about it. He's not going to necessarily acknowledge to you right away that he's
2: thinking about it, but those words are getting in there. Yeah. Yeah, And that is all like great advice because you know, you can't expect them to respond. And especially with this, where you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. they're going to, Tap into your vibe. Yet another reason to start sooner rather than later, because your, you know, your seven year old's not going to notice your, you know, sweaty upper lip and your two glasses of wine like your thirteen year old is, right? Your seven year old is going to be like, oh, you're being a little weird. Your thirteen year old's going to be, what the heck is (laughs) up? Being a freak show. So, you know, a lot of those strategies, you know, especially with talking to kids about sex, all a whole bunch of the, it's mostly about us and our discomfort, yes, right. And whatever we've been telegraphing to our kids about this, and you know, you all know this, they're watching us, right? You know, how do we talk about this in general? You know, what kinds of things are we saying that are judgmental, you know, like, um, you know, in particular with LGBTQ kids, like, are you making derogatory remarks about someone who's gay? Are you like, how are you behaving in when it comes to, you know, sexual issues? Like if you hear that, someone is pregnant, uh, has an unintended pregnancy and they're a teenager, like, what are you doing with that? Because they're, they really pick up on our values and we don't do it on purpose. And, you know, it's just a matter of some really pretty more than normal self-awareness, right? And then when you're talking with your kids, like the good thing is they're also super self-centered, right? So they may not tap into your weirdo behavior, but they're going to notice oftentimes. And if you're being weird, just say I'm being weird. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never done this before. Never done this before. Going to make mistakes. Yay. Super fun times. And then just push ahead. And I love what you said, Jen, about like, don't talk so much. Yes. And go a little farther than you're comfortable with. Mm. Right. Like say the extra thing, right. Say the extra thing. So like when you're talking to your boys about periods and you explain to them what happens with the uterus and all of that, and they are, they have their reaction, then go ahead and say, you know, people use pads. And then there are these things called tampons and go all the way with how a tampon works because you want them to know that, right? And you want them to know like having a period is a natural part of a, of a person with the uterus's body. It's not gross, it's not disgusting, it's pretty cool. And then, so you wanna set them up so when they're interacting with their peers who have uteruses or there are humans in their life that have uteruses that they are like have this fundamental sense of like, oh, this is a natural part of their body. Holy crap, is that inconvenient? And right, do you see what I'm saying? So- You know what really struck me as you were saying that, it- So illustrated for me
1: the need to kind of deal with our own stuff, because I've been having periods for, you know, 30 plus years now. And when you say it's not gross, and it's not disgusting, I'm kind of like, "Mm, it kind of is. But that's sort of also what I learned and what I grew up with. And so yes, we do need to deal with our stuff. It's oh, exhausting. God. All this stuff I have to deal with as a parent, Janet. Right. It's exhausting. Oh, great.
0: Yet another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I really,
1: yeah. I want to go to the porn part um, because I have older boys, but my boys kind of grew up at the same time as the internet. So I feel like I did not handle this very well. It, you know, the internet wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. And it wasn't as surefire that you know you're going to type in boobs and find, you know, millions upon millions of hits. So we know that boys are going to do this. It's natural normal curiosity. How do you bring that up in conversation? Because it's that age-old parent thing, right? Like if I say, hey, this is out there, is he going to quick run to his computer and start Googling? Or do I wait? And, you know, how do we start talking about porn, what's out there and how to be uh, how to be safe in a way that's respectful to ourselves and others online?
2: It doesn't matter whether or not you bring it up, they're going to see it. And so it does not matter. Like no kid escapes childhood without being exposed. So the best tactic is to make sure they know what sex is early on so they can contextualize it so when you say hey there's this thing called porn it's videos of people doing sexual stuff having sex it's not real sex it's it's like a cartoon people's bodies don't do that look like that people don't do those things usually it's just fake it's fake and In our family, right, we believe that it is not okay or safe for young people to look at this. It can really mess them up. It can be scary. It can be traumatic. And so the rule is in our family is that we don't Google sexual stuff. We don't look at porn. And then you have to say, however, this is probably going to happen to you. And so the deal is, if it happens, tell me you won't be in trouble. And then you have to stick to that because if you understand, like we've said, like, I don't know, 16 times. Like, this is a natural curiosity. I was in the dictionary. I was in the Encyclopedia Britannica. I was under Audrey Shapiro's parents' mattress, getting the Playboys with her. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. this isn't, yeah, like we look, we look where we're going to look, right? And they're all going to go online. And, you know, being respectful about other people's families, honestly, who cares? or other people, like, this is about your family and your child's safety. And if you're worrying about, like, offending someone or thinking, like, if you tell your kids about this, then they're going to go look for it. Um, And you don't want them to be, like, passing that down to their pals. You know, you can't control them. You can ask them to keep this to themselves. Um, And then, you know, it's like cross your fingers and hope that they don't run around and say, oh, my God, do you know what porn is? Let's go look at it. But they might. So Mm -hmm. if you have parental controls and monitoring in place, which lots of folks don't know the difference. So monitoring, so you need a product like Circle, which has a thingy that plugs into your router, and then it's an app and monitoring is like watching. It's like, it's not spying, it's watching because you tell your kids, you're monitoring. And so you can see everywhere they're going online. So that's monitoring. Parental controls are how you lock down the search terms. So they're two different things and you need both. So the monitoring happens all the way until they leave your house. The parental controls start really, really tight, really tight, and they stay tight until they're probably fourth or fifth grade, when it gets more complicated, if they need to search for more stuff, by the time they start middle school, they should be able to free range, go anywhere they want, look at anything they want, but you're monitoring so you know where they're going, right? So if they go to a porn site, you can say, hey, saw that, what's going on, be really chill about it, and then do what you need to do. Like you may need to bring back more um, parental controls. You know, you need to talk to your kids about like what the consequences will be, and you know that is like the most important thing you need to do.
0: I want to pause here because that Mm -hmm. was a lot of information. And I have a lot of my, my family coaching clients are asking about, you know, what should I get? And this is the clearest I've heard explained the difference between monitoring and parental controls. And my question to you is, does a product like Circle do both? or do you have to have two separate things?
2: I think circle will do both, but the more, the merrier, right? Like you can put parental controls on your actual, like just do it on your own devices. It feels like a lot, but the thing about this is, is that if your kid knows about porn and he says, Hey, to his buddy, have you heard about porn? And then they're at his buddy's house and they don't have parental controls or monitoring, they can go google, googly up the porn yep. at mm-hmm. your house because you have monitoring and parental controls in place. They might try to google up the porn, but they're not going to be able to get anywhere. Yeah. And so, if every family is, and there are lots of products and there's lots of different price points and stuff, but this is like seatbelt, like we would never get in our car without a seatbelt, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right yeah. and we should never you should never let your kid go
0: on the internet without a seatbelt right same same thing so listeners as amy said there's a lot of products out there circle is one that amy recommends we recommend it you can go to our show notes there'll be a link there you can find that and i just really want to interject a shout out here because i can imagine your your brains might be starting to turn red and frying a little bit. And I I really want to give some Amy some kudos because she, she's, as Jen and I are, we are all about giving you the information, supporting you to give it to your children and support your children with it. And Amy has created this amazing resource for you that is called the Solution Center. And this is a place, I've seen it, I've been there, it is amazing. There are so many videos about, you know, what do I do if I walk in and he's masturbating? What do I say about uh, playing doctor? All of those things that we are that we don't think about until we need to think about them. Then we just go, ah, Amy's Solution Center. And it's all there for you. So it's there for you when you need it but it's not over it doesn't overwhelm you when you don't need it. So Amy, tell us more about this amazing resource that you've put together. Yeah, thank you. And you know, I my
2: goal with the solution center is to have it be a one-stop shop. So like you said, if you need it in an emergency, it's available 24/7, but the other piece of it is it's there to help you plan ahead. And so you know what's coming and you know where you need to have been. There's a video that's basically what they need to know at each age and stage, which is something that's really fundamental to having age appropriate sex talks with your with your boys. And when you have this information, you feel better. Like you feel better, you do better. Um, You'll have easier, more comfortable conversations with your boys. They'll be more likely to see you as their go-to source for this information. And even though you might feel uncomfortable, it's still your responsibility and there's lots and lots of stuff in there. Like I have whole sections now on age um, age-appropriate vetted videos and books, so you can go in and look at your kid's age range, like two to five, and there's something there for them. You don't have to think twice about is this safe for my kid to look at. And they're kid videos; they're not grown-up videos. Go and to look you at the don't board.
1: have to scour the internet yourself, seeing what weird things sometimes come up and trying to figure out is this a, a, a good source? Is this a reliable source? You've done this work already for us.
2: Yeah. So it's really no thinky, which is lovely. Cause we're already thinking about too much stuff. Right. Amen. Anyway. Right. Yeah. One other thing that's really important, I think that's in there. Um, especially relevant to our conversation right now is there is a video called Poison Porn, Your Kids in Porn, which digs really deeply into this issue. Like we are just brushing the surface here. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important. The age by age thing is I think the other thing that parents really resonate with. And then, you know, at the beginning we were talking about how this is about us and our crap and our, you know like what's happening with us, our backpack of shame and embarrassment and misinformation. So one part of it is also helping you just kind of move through some of your stuff and get ready to get on with the talks, right? So if we take yes. care of ourselves, we do better.
0: We feel better. And of course we have a onboys discount code for you. So Amy, tell us what the link is and we'll also put it in the show notes. So it's
2: birdsandbeescourse.com, birdsandbeescourse.com. And if you use the code uh, onboys, uh, you'll get 15% off and uh, um, it's $69 minus 15%, which makes it like,
0: And you guys, this is a forever price. This isn't like per month or per year. This is you pay 50 some dollars one time and you have the absolute go-to place for all things, all things sex and healthy relationships. It's all there.
1: I'm really sad that you didn't have this when my boys were little or Amy, what were you doing besides raising your own son and pulling this all together lord knows
2: <laughs> yes. i've been doing this for 15 years so this yeah. says only the solution center has been around for about four
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah so listeners check that out uh birds and and use the discount code on boys
1: i can't help but feel a little bit sad that we are at this point where porn is such a thing that we all have to have this conversation with our kids. And I'm not a hundred percent anti-porn person, you know, but the fact that this has now become a part of childhood universally here in the United States and in the West is just, it's kind of sad. And um, Amy, help us, help us understand how this is affecting our boys' development. The very fact that this is out there has kind of changed the sexual and relationship development trajectory for our children.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is highly influential, especially as kids get older and boys in particular, boys consume porn more porn than girls do. And they the average age of exposure or like beginning to actually use it is around 1213. And what it's doing is it's taking away any kind of information about what healthy sexuality looks like. So there's no discussion of condom use. There's no discussion of you know any kind of infection, no pregnancy discussion. It looks like pleasure. It looks like it's pleasurable, but they don't know it's acting. And so since porn starts in the middle, when they start their sexual relationships, they do stuff that is like not it's like 19th base and they're doing that, you know, when they should have been doing second base. So they're, everybody's confused. Girls think this is the way we have sex. And so this lack of communication about healthy relationships, stepping into a sexual relationship with someone, you know, focusing on what needs to be in place, like friendship and trust and consent, like they don't get that from mm-hmm. porn and no matter what this is going to influence them because their peers are talking about it and it's normalized so just like we talked about sex with our peers when we were in you know in high school mm-hmm. they're talking about it too but they have this outside influence that's making sex and sexuality basic, basically like a commodity right and you know i'm with you there is a there is a time and a place for porn like there's
0: it's possible to watch for adults for adults, porn is for adults. It's not right. for kids. Right, it's not and, for kids. Yeah. Um, I think this brings up an interesting point that I want you to go into because we also, as parents, need to be able to advise our our boys about what to do in the situation where, you know, Johnny's pulled up Pornhub on his phone and they're, you know, out at the park or whatever. and hey, guys, look at this and check this out. And you've had the conversations with your son, you've talked about, you know, what it is to see that and all the things. But it gets really real when you're out with your peers, and you're trying to be cool about this really awkward thing. And you know that you don't really want to see it. But whoa, what do you do? What are the What's the bailout strategy? Because they need to have an exit plan that's gracious, allows them to save face.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that starts with when you're talking to them, you need to talk to them about what to do when they see it, when they're on their own, when they're with somebody else, so that means you need to have a strategy conversation with them, so they know what to do if they see it when they're on their own, when they're with friends, when they're when it happens accidentally, if they go into a rabbit hole, like all of that. So when they're with their peers, and some kid says, "Hey, check this out," one of the best things your kid can say is, uh, "Dude, I think looking at porn is a solo activity," and so you're going to shame them. Love it, love it. You're going to shame them, which is totally fine. Peer-to-peer shaming in this circumstance is totally fine. And then you're going to save face because everyone's going to laugh, right? Because yeah, looking at porn is a solo activity. And then, so that's one strategy. The other strategy is for your kid to have some um, YouTube videos already queued up, like maybe two or three and say, whatever, man, check this out and have something funny already in the queue, ready to go. Now, tall order right? Right. all order. So you can role play with your kids. Sometimes that helps them. They might not be down with it, but you're like, this is going to happen to you. And it is freaking uncomfortable. So it's really hard because if you're, you know, you're seeing this, like your friend's showing you this video and it's like three people doing the deed and it's intriguing, right? So being able to like have the self-awareness to step back and say, oh crap, gross. Like, okay, what am I going to do here and have something in their head? You know, that's the easiest one is like, are you effing kidding me? Like I'm all about the swearing. So, you know, especially when kids are on their own. And that's really powerful to say, are you effing kidding me? Like, what are you doing, man? Let's go find something else to do like that whole redirect. And with younger kids, when you've talked to them and say, you know, the rule is it's not okay to look at this. So If you're at somebody else's house, what can you do if they want to see it? Right. And let them strategize a little bit. Well, I can, you know, I can walk away. I can tell the parent, you know, and you know, what I told Milo was like, you can say, I don't feel good and want to go home. Like any, this is a good strategy for any child to get out of any circumstances to say, I feel like I'm going to barf. No one wants a barfing child, right? (laughs) Right. Like that'll get you home in two seconds. So So fast. (laughs) Yeah. Go fast. Yeah. Get out, get out, get out. Yeah. So, um, and again, the open continuous conversation, right? You can't Mm -hmm. just say, Hey, this is porn. Good luck out there. You have to talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. because it's going to be in their lives no matter what.
0: Yeah. And this all, you know, it loops around to how you treat women and how, you know, body image and all of these things. So it's, it can be just part of that continuing conversation that you're having with your sons anyway.
2: Right. And like pointing out, like how sexist it is and how bad it is for women. And, you know, when they're older, you don't start out with your like three, you know, seven year old and be like, and by the way, sex trafficking, right? Like you need to talk about the industry. (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh when you say that. But I mean, it was a funny example. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like what's happening in the industry, that's for later on conversations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, again, I just cannot press on this enough. You have to talk to your kids about sex and healthy sexuality, boundaries, consent, responsibility. That is the thing that's going to push you and into these conversations. You'll feel more comfortable because can you imagine saying, hey, get it? Your kid sees porn, happens all the time. They don't know about sex. And so their initial initiation into the world of sex is, Like I said, three people and a, you know, hamster, whatever. It's traumatic. It's traumatic. And that's not the
0: gateway you want for your kid.
2: Yeah. It's not the gateway. And it may be traumatic. It may not be traumatic. It may just be super weird, right? It's not Mm -hmm. always traumatic, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a lot easier if you're like, oh yeah, crap. Sorry. That's sex. It ain't normal sex. I like that you said that before, because, you know, you pointed out like
1: porn starts in the middle at 19th base. And especially when we're talking to our kids, I mean, I remember being, you know, a middle schooler and a high schooler. You want to know all the part that leads up to that too. Like you're busy trying to figure out how do I know if she likes me? Um, How do I hold her hand if I want to hold somebody's hand? Like, how do we go from friends to kissing? Like you want to, you want to know those pieces, It really underscores the fact that we have to concentrate a lot of energy on those discussions because that's not they're not going to get that anywhere else
2: no and it's a lifelong like we're sexual from the beginning we develop sexually socially emotionally like around sexuality and it's ignored all the time like we're all focused on is my boy a good learner how are his social skills? Is he emotionally intelligent? How's his physical body? Yeah, that's important. But being in relationships and being sexual is fundamental to being human. I think it's way more important to be sexually savvy and to understand how healthy relationship and that sort of thing. than to make sure your kid gets a 9,000 on the PSAT. That's not going to serve them. Their that entire is a life.
1: hugely important point. Culturally, we focus so much energy on that. And I mean, maybe that score really matters for a couple kids, but all of us as humans, because we're human, will be involved in relationships, will deal with sex and sexuality, all of us. And we can either really hurt each other or really help each other feel good and whole. And that's way more what I want for my son than an A on a test.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's really hard because of the way our culture in the United States, the way our culture is, it's like we're striving, 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 but we're not striving where we should be striving, right? Like we want, I mean, I, my son, he's 19, he's living with his first girlfriend, which freaks me out. But then I remind myself that I got married at 23. So it freaks me out
0: less, (laughs) but like
1: (laughs) I I got married at 19. Let that freak you out for a little bit.
0: Jen, did we know this? We both got married at 19. Yeah, we had that conversation.
1: I don't think it's, yeah. And then we both got divorced from those spouses. Coincidence?
2: I don't know. Uh Huh? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, (laughs) very, very funny. You're traumatizing me. Um, so I want him to be in a really healthy relationship with Sadie. Like it's more important to me that they're happily living together and communicating and, you know, negotiating all that relationship stuff than it is that they're getting great grades, you know, in school. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I would be disappointed if he was not, he gets, he's a smart boy. He's got every need met. He's typically developing like he's like nothing funky going on there. And so there's really no, excuse, right? right? There's right. really no excuse. Right. So, but at the end of the day, do I want him to get straight A's or do I want him have to have a healthy first relationship?
1: So parents healthy. who are listening and are freaking out because we tell you all the time, you have to talk to your son about this. You have to talk to him about that. It seems like so much, right? Mm-hmm. But we also tell you, stop nagging him about his homework. Academics aren't the only thing. So take that to heart take even a quarter of the energy that you are currently spending worrying about his grades and his academic performance and put it into teaching him about relationships and sexuality. You're not spending any more time and you will likely get better outcomes in the end.
2: Oh, yeah. And let me just point out one other little thing. Like, I love what you just said. So, two things. Think about this in terms of like 200, well, it's like 200, two minute conversations, right? The conversations are quick. You don't like sit them down and say, it's Wednesday, it's hump day, and we're going to discuss ovulation. Like, you don't do that because that's just. I thought you were going to say, it's Wednesday, (laughs) it's hump day. We're going to discuss humping as we do.
0: Yeah, right. I did think that was going down that path, <laughs> Amy. <laughs> You're funnier than I am.
2: You're funnier
0: than I am. Um,
2: so, and then the other thing is this, like, this is a big like thing for me. It was like Milo's bedroom smelled like goats and farts, right? So we're talking from 11 on and it was a pigsty. And I made a conscious decision to shut the door. Like I gave it up. It is gross in there. It's still kind of gross in there. He doesn't live here anymore. Um, So like to pick your battles, that is not a battle to fight. And it's super gross. I was like, I don't, you can live in that stink. Does his own laundry, did his own laundry. Nope. Like, I don't give a, you can, he was like, he's happy to do it. He's a clothes horse. So, you know, like, like you said, like pick your battles. Cause it's more important, especially in adolescents, when their bodies are bonkers and their brains are bonkers to pick like, what's going to make everything more smooth sailing here, harassing mm-hmm. him about cleaning up his bedroom or Hey, it's Wednesday, it's hump day. You <laughs> <I get to laughs> can actually say that <laughs> you can, you can be funny. Like, Hey, it's Wednesday, it's hump day. I was thinking, have we talked about blah, blah. And then pop a topic in there, right? Like it, you don't have to be all doom and gloom. And, and mm. then one other thing, I don't know we probably need to wrap up. Like I have not, I have not said the word penis to Milo since he was probably five or six because I knew he knew. So I said junk, business, tallywhacker, like all kind, wiener, like all kinds of slang. My friend says her son calls it his penile, penile, area. <laughs> region, penile, penile area, region, penile region. So you don't have to be like, How's because, your penis today? Have you yeah. had an erection? And just like boners are a part of, you know, adolescence, right? It's going to have a mind of its own, right? Like, so don't be afraid to be funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to be funny. That and That is so
1: key dealing with teenage boys. Like you have to be willing to laugh at things they find funny and you have to use words that they use. And,
0: and they will find it really funny if you're using their words. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Amy, you are just a wealth of uh, humor, and you've made this topic... So accessible. And even though, you know, acknowledging the embarrassment, the awkwardness, all of the things and all of the stuff that we have to get over ourselves as adults, and also emphasizing the importance of you have to be the go to for your child. You do not want them learning things on the playground. You do not want them learning things from the internet. So that means, dear listeners, here's another opportunity to step up and Amy you are you are the guide you are that big hand that's going hey I got you you know come on you can do this so I just so appreciate your cheerleading for all of us out there that are making our way as awkward as we are in it all tell our listeners how they can find you So you can find
2: me, if you wanna get right down to business, then birdsandbeescourse.com and use that Envoy's uh, discount code or my website, birdsandbeesandkids.com. There are a lot of resources there, my bookstore, all kinds of things there, my blog and my podcast, which is called Just Say This. So I'm just gonna, can I just give a little, I'm just gonna give a little suggestion. So y'all just heard a ton of information and you might be feeling flooded. So later on today, if you can just take a moment, take a breath and think about what's one thing that stood out for you just one thing that stood out for you. And then what's one tiny thing you can do. So maybe it's going and looking at the solution center. Maybe it's going and looking at books. Maybe it's just saying, hey, my friend, it's time. Like find one tiny thing you can do. And then that'll snowball. Cause when you see that no one throws up and no one dies,
0: pretty good, right? It's encouraging. It's encouraging anyway. Awesome. And of course, we'll have everything in the show notes for you, dear listeners. So take that breath, take that pause, and then go forth and know that Amy's got your back and we've got your back. Thanks, Amy, for being with us. My total pleasure. If you liked this episode,
1: if you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing On Boys podcast with your friends. They can find us wherever they listen to their favorite podcast, whether they use an Apple, an Android, they listen in their car, they listen from their computer. Please tell your friends about On Boys, and together we will make the world a better place for boys.